Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Sydney McElroy. And you are... Charlie McElroy, That's daughter. That's right. Charlie McElroy, my daughter, is helping host the show this week. But what are you uh, What are you doing over there right now, Charlie? I'm just watching this Radium Girls video. It's cool. What? A video about who now? Radium Girls. Oh, that's that sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something you might want to tell us about? Yeah. Yeah, I think that might make a good episode of Sawbones, the yeah. podcast. The podcast we're doing like right now. Yay! Excellent. Can, can I help? Of course you can help. I would love your help. Yay! So, do you want to start us off and tell us what you know about Radium Girls? So, the Radium Girls started in I'm not quite sure the year because I'm not sure it said that. You don't have to have I've got I've got years, I've got places. Okay. I got all the facts. You just tell us the story. Tell you what, I'll give you some years. 1917. Okay. So, it all started in 1917. There were glow in the dark watches and they made they needed delicate hands to paint on the paint. So, they hired women and they they hired they hired women. That's right. And, and girls. And girls, just all female people, and and they needed delicate hands mm-hmm. and very very tiny brushes. That's right. And they traced everything in glow in the dark paint. And, they go, and when they came home, they got paint all over themselves. So they started to get called the ghost girls. Did did they like that? Do you think they liked being all glowy? Maybe. Well, that's going on to the next part of our story. The girls had to use their mouths to get the brushes wet. And what what was in the paint was radium. Mom, can you tell me what radium is? Charlie, that's a great question. So, you know the periodic table of elements? Yes. Have you heard of that? So they're all like the basic substances. Mm-hmm. I mean, not as small as atoms, but you get the idea that, that everything's made up of. Mm-hmm. Radium is one of the elements And the thing about radium is it gives off radiation, which isn't great for humans. Radium was in the paint. They were getting the radiation into their body. Mm -hmm. And, And the girls were painting their faces, lips, and teeth with the paint. And they 
and some of them even took lunch breaks at their workspaces. Now, did they know that the paint was dangerous? No. At the time, it was um, a cure for cancer, I'm pretty sure. So they thought of it as a good thing. And they started to put it in different things like toothpaste and water and chocolate, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So then... It all worked out great. It all worked and, out and great. And to this day, we put radium in no, our toothpaste. No, 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 no. No? What happened? Did something to go the wrong? Story. Something goes totally wrong. Well, tell you what, before we get into what goes totally wrong, mm-hmm. let me, I, can I give you a few more facts? Because this is a great start. Yeah. This is a great story. Okay. And I can fill in some of the blanks. Yeah. So, fill like, in the blanks that I missed. That. Well, it, you didn't miss anything. I'm going to give you, it's called context. Oh. I'm going to give you some stuff around it. Okay, context. Okay, context. context. Yeah. No, you've done a great job. Fantastic job. Oh, okay. So, like you said, female factory workers, 1917 was when it started in a place called Orange, New Jersey. And then they also started uh, similar factories in the 19, early 1920s in Ottawa, Illinois, and Waterbury, Connecticut. Okay? Got it. So, those are the places and the, ta- the times. Now, radium was first named, first discovered and named by uh, Marie Curie or Madame Curie. (gasps) Whoa, cool. Yeah, the French physicist. Well, that's amazing. I love her. She's amazing. And she isolated it back in 1898, so a little bit before this. And do you know why she called it radium? Why? Because it glowed and it, like, gave off its own light, like the sun. And what do we call the things that come down from the suns? The suns? Rays. Oh. Radium. There you go. Now, when she first noticed it was glowing and giving off radiation, we didn't know that that was a dangerous thing. Yeah, now, if you saw a glowing rock. bad. Yeah. Radiation. Yeah. Now we kind of know that. When we see something glowing, it worries us. Back then, we didn't know. We thought it was, like, yeah, cool. Like glowing fungus or something like that out in the woods. And, and like you said, at the time, nobody knew how dangerous yeah. radiation was. Uh, even though Marie Curie did suffer burns, radiation burns from handling all these different things. And eventually uh, she would die of something called aplastic anemia, which basically meant her bone marrow couldn't make cells anymore because of the radiation that she was exposed to. But we didn't know all that back then because it takes a while for all this to happen. So you can handle it for quite a while before anything happens. Um, when Curie first discovered it, and you know she also discovered another element called polonium, and it's named for her uh, home country of Poland. Polonium. Yeah, if you look at all the elements on the periodic table, they're all named for lots of things. They're oh, like cool. an Einsteinium. Who do you think that's named for? Albert Einstein. There you go. Uh, and the, the breakthrough when she first found it had a lot of implications, like the way that we understand energy and physics and all of that, it fundamentally changed once we started to understand the idea that things can be radioactive and give off radiation. We just didn't know that yet. And Marie Curie taught us something totally new about the world around us. Mm-hmm. Um, the applications at first seemed endless. Like how, what could we do with this new thing? Well, first of all, we had already sort of figured out before um, before this x-rays. So you know what an x-ray is. Yeah. 
What do we do? What do we use an X-ray for? Um, like if if a bone may have got broken, you X-ray to see if it's really actually broken. That's true. Um, so we can X-ray your body to look at your bones. It's a way of looking at your bones without actually like having to cut you open and do the mm-hmm. and the other gross stuff, there. which is dangerous. <laughs> um, and uh, and specifically when it came to medicine in the human body, X-rays seem to or radiation seemed to have a lot of possibilities. Um, later during the war, World War One. Marie Curie would establish these little mobile x-ray units. They called them petite curies. <laughs> little curies. Little x-ray machines. Oh, uh, yeah, they would be useful out in the field. And she also made these little needles that were empty inside. They were hollow inside. And they were filled with a gas that we now call radon gas, which could be used to sterilize tissue, which could be used to, like, kill bacteria, keep a wound clean or whatever. And you could put that little needle in somebody and try to keep things clean after they'd gotten an injury or something. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some safer ways of doing that now. Yeah, yeah, way, way safer. This was before, you know how we take antibiotics sometimes yeah. when we're sick? We didn't have those yet. Oh. Those didn't exist yet. Eesh. Eesh. It might have been a bad time. Yeah. It was, we needed those. That was a yeah. big, that was a big turning point. Yeah. So, ra- like you said, radium was definitely used in the early 1900s as a treatment for cancer. At the time, yeah. we barely understood cancer. Yeah. And, barely. yeah, we barely understood it. Yeah. Like, almost not even at all. Mm-mm. We didn't know who or why or how, and we certainly didn't know how to stop it or treat it. Um, there was no, at the time, surgery was really dangerous. We didn't have good anesthesia. We didn't have good ways of keeping people clean, like keeping wounds clean in surgery. So surgery was super dangerous. We didn't have any chemotherapy like we use for cancer now. So radiation was the thing we had. And it did work. It it did work. In some cancers in some people. But But it had side effects. Yeah. It worked to a degree. But it was also a dangerous treatment. So, but it was the only thing we had. And of course, I mentioned it glows. Right? In the dark. It glows in the dark. And people like, like that. What color is it? <laughs> uh, it can give off like a greenish glow or a yellowish, greenish, okay, like, yellowish. Like chartreuse? Chartreuse. Now, you're smarter about colors than me. Which, what kind of green is chartreuse? So it's like a mix between yellow and green. Yeah, sure. I think a chartreuse like would right be. there. Yes. That button on the board you're pointing to, I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so people liked that it glowed. And at the time, people thought that glow was like, ooh, it's healthy. It's important. It glows. Oh. So like you said, they put it in everything. They put it in toothpaste. They put yeah. it in cosmetics. They put it in water. They put it in water. Literally. Water. What was that called? Do you know? I'm not sure. Radithor. What? That was a water you could buy that had radium in it. <laughs> it was a fake medicine. They're, they used to sell all these kinds of fake medicines called patent medicines. So anyway, uh, it glows, and that can also be useful for making things glow in the dark. Yeah. And as you mentioned, during World War One, starting in 1914, mm-hmm. the thought was, well, it could be useful to have a watch that you could see in the dark. So what if we made the dials and the faces and the hands? Yeah, what if we made it all glow? And the and- numbers. Mm-hmm. And so that was a useful place to start. The U.S. Radium Corporation 
were the ones that first created this product. They worked to they they went out to um, Paradox Valley, Colorado, and some parts of Utah, and they mined radium from something called carnitite ore. And they dug the radium out of the earth, and they mixed it with zinc sulfide, and it would come in like a powder, and then you had to like mix it with oil and stuff into a paint. Um, and they started marketing it as you know what the name of this paint was? What? Undark. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Not a very good name. Un- See, it's not dark, so it's undark. Not it glows. a good name. You get it? And there would be other versions. There was another one um, that a company made using a similar formula called Luna. That That's a way better name. And there was another one called Marvelite. That's a, not, that's a better name. Than undark. So the paint was there. Undark is the worst of those three. <laughs> it, is, it is not a good name. Undark is not a good name. Uh, we knew what we needed to do with it. We had the little watches. We just needed the people to get to do the work. And as you said, that it was fine detail work. They needed little hands, little delicate hands. Yes, delicate hands and very, very, very teeny brushes. They were like mm-hmm. just a smidgen bit. And as you said, the girls knew that they were being exposed to the paint because, like, because they, they glowed. Their, yeah. Their dresses they and like, their skin and their... Yeah. They would come home all glowy because their outfits and... Mm-hmm. It's just really glowy. Can and I, it was probably pretty. Yeah. Imagine if they went out to, like, a restaurant or a bar later that evening well, and yeah. they're glowing. If one of them had a dress on with, like, a belt and then they painted the belt, mm-hmm. it would look really cool, like... Blue dress, purple dress, something like that. Yeah, it would, and and they would, they would like that. They would like that their dresses would get covered with that, or that, like you said, they might paint their nails or their teeth. Yeah. Mm Mhm. They painted their faces too. Mm Mhm. And in addition to all the just, by the way, do not do that. Yeah, that's a not do that at all. That's a really good disclaimer. Don't do this with radiation of any kind. Yeah. Just any kind of radiation. Do not do that. So in addition to the fact that just working with the paint meant they got exposed to it, like you said, they were encouraged to use what was called the lip dip paint method. So you would, basically the brushes, there were these camel hair brushes and they would, they needed to be a really fine point to do the little detailed work and they might lose that point pretty quickly. Oh yeah, because, so you need to like. Mm-hmm. That, they called that pointing it with your mouth. You put it in your mouth to point it. And then you would dip it in the paint and paint with it and then lip it again, put it on your lips to point it, Why dip it, did they, paint it. they just wash it before they did the lippy thing? That is a great question. Do you know why they didn't just use washcloths or water or whatever? What? Because that would have cost money. It was cheaper just to have them stick it in their mouth. I know. The hard realities. And the girls didn't know. Like you said, they were constantly being reassured the paint is totally safe. There's nothing to worry about. It's fine that you're sticking this paintbrush in your mouth. It it's is, fine that it you painted not, your teeth with it. it. Well, that, but that's what they were told, not right? Fine at all. Like the women employed did not know what was happening. Yeah, now, at all. Let me tell you what radium is doing to these okay. two people who are exposed to it. You know how we need calcium? Yeah. For our bones and teeth? Yeah. Well, your body can confuse radium and calcium. It will put radium in the places where it puts calcium. So it will become part of your bones. And that makes you sick? And part of your teeth, yes. And it can make you sick. 
except that uh, when it gets in there, it will actually destroy the stuff around it. Ooh. So in your bones, yeah, not good, in, not good at all. You no, know, in the middle of not your bones, good. you have bone marrow, and your bone marrow makes all your blood cells, and it would destroy all that, and that can cause, Ooh. and it can cause things to grow abnormally, which can lead to cancer. So, yeah. and and like I said, that thing called anemia, where you don't have any blood cells, I, and it can cause the blood supply to bones to be destroyed, yeah. which just damages the bone. Like the bone basically can die. What? Yes. Your bones can die? Yes. So, this was bad, right? This, like, you can yeah. see where this is going. Can I um, keep going? To you want to tell the part that got bad? Okay. okay so. Well, wait. Before, before you tell us the bad part, Daddy hates when I do this. Yes. We got to go to the billing department. Say, let's go. Let's go! The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, 
you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hal Loveland here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't. Rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Charlie, we're done. Tell us, tell us the bad part. Okay, so the women started to come home really, really, really sick. Mm -hmm. They started to notice that. And then they had a way, way deadlier name, the Radium Girls. That's how this whole story got its name. That's right. They did start to get sick. The first people who noticed were their dentists. Yeah. Because dentist, because the teeth were falling out and yes, horrible. So so they started going in and they had toothaches and their teeth were coming out. They had to have the some of them pulled. Yeah, Um, they might have to have dentures. mm -hmm. And nothing was healing well either. They had sores and and it it was bad. They had ulcers. There, so the 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 first people who noticed, they're like, oh, the dentists are noticing. And then there was one woman in particular, Molly Magia, who was one of the first to suffer really severe illness. Um, first, she started with the teeth issues, and then that seemed to spread to her jaw. Oh, and the bone that makes up her jaw started to necrose, which is like it was dying. And eventually, it, it her jaw had to be removed. <gasps> Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Yes. So obviously something was very wrong. But nobody wanted to admit that something was really wrong. So after she after she had died, they just blamed it on another illness. What? They blamed it on something called syphilis. What? We've done a whole episode on syphilis. Okay, I'll have to watch that episode. <laughs> we'll discuss syphilis later. So they blamed it all on something else. Basically because, well, a couple syphilis. reasons. Syphilis. Yes, <laughs> which is an illness that people used to get all the time. Oh. But they didn't, and they still get it, but not quite as much. But Like colds? 
you know, for a while, yeah, basically. Oh, cool. We'll get into this later. Okay. So as the other girls got sick with similar stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just Molly. Other girls are getting sick too. And the company is saying, well, it's not the paint. Definitely not the paint. Definitely not the paint. Don't Don't look here. And you Um, know what the company said? They were like, look, to prove it's not the paint, we're going to get these people, these researchers to come in, do an independent study. And independent means we're not doing it. I know. They're going to do it, right? So you can trust them. So they're going to come in, they're going to look at all this, and they're going to tell us if it's the paint. And they came in and they looked at all this, and you know what they said? It's the paint. It's the paint. (laughs) They said, yes, no, it is the paint. It's the paint. It's This is radiation-induced illness. They're sick because of exposure to the paint. And the company said, are you sure? I don't think so. Let's get some other people in here. So then they paid some other experts to come in and say it wasn't the paint. What? So messed up, right? That is so messed up. And I, I bet they paid them to say that. I bet they paid them to say that. I bet you're right. I'm betting you it. So, uh, so the all these poor women are sick. Yeah. And they can't prove that it was the paint that did it. So, at that point, they turned to the legal system. Ooh. Yes. They demanded that the company admit that it was the paint and pay... For, you know, all the medical care they were needing yeah. and their suffering. Yeah. All they were the really sick. And, mm-hmm. and surgeries and things like that. Yeah. But it took years to make anything happen. The number one reason at first is that no lawyer wanted to help them. Why? Uh, they felt like it wasn't worth it, that there was no way they'd win. The company was too powerful. It would be okay, too hard those to prove. Were bad lawyers. Also, these Those were bad these were all women and young women and girls, and we're they didn't not have a treated good. No, back then, back then you didn't have a lot of power. Yeah, um, and so it took a while to find a lawyer who would work with them, and even then, it, it took it was a long. It was 1928 when they first appeared in court, January of 1928. Good. So quite a while after people were getting sick. Well, I mean, um, at least they appeared in court. The girls who would be known as, who would go down in history, as you said, as the radium girls, were Grace Fryer, Edna Hussman, Catherine Schaub, and two sisters, Quinta McDonald and Albina, Albinia Larice. And they were called the radium girls. By the time they actually got to go to court, two of them were already bedridden, and they were all so sick that when you go to testify in court, do you know that they make you raise your hand? And swear to tell the truth. Have you seen that in movies and stuff? I swear to tell the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. Yeah. They were so sick they couldn't even raise their hand to do it. So. Right? I know. It's so unfair. Wait, why did it? they just say, well, that proves the point then and there? Well, man, we need baby sis here to answer these lawyer questions, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Uncle Michael. Uh, it's never that easy when it comes to the legal system. You can't just say this is the truth. Both sides get to argue, and they both get to present all of their facts to try to prove that they're right and the other person's wrong. Even if it's really clear who's right and who's wrong, both sides get to present that. That's how the justice system works. Didn't the husbands help them? Well, I don't know if they had husbands. Some of them might have. But... Yeah, like... The one, if the ones who did have husbands, wouldn't they help them? 
I mean, you like to think they did. Hopefully. And the, and I can, if you're making the point, which I think is fair to say that men had more power generally in society than women did at the time, that's possible. But Horrible. but these women were also like the the really company was sick. working really hard to make sure that in the media, in the newspapers, these women were being seen as liars. So sometimes there's something called a smear campaign when you want to make somebody look really bad so that you win. They were kind of doing that. So it was really hard. So, I mean, it's, I mean, it, maybe these women's, their, the women's own families didn't believe them. It's hard to say. Uh, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. But hopefully it was, it was, not. Then as now, it can be, it can be tough to be a girl. Yep. So, uh, even as all of this was happening, so they're in court, it's in the newspapers, everybody knows about this, right? That this paint yeah. may or may not have done this stuff and it's all going to be up to a judge. So I mentioned to you that there were still women in other places. Yeah. There are other factories who were doing this. They didn't know. As this was oh, going no. on, these other women oh, were no. still unaware. Oh, no, 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 no. And so they were still doing the lip dip Lip dip, lip dip, the lip dip lip paint dip, method. Lip dip, and lip dip, even as the people who own that company called the Radium Dial Company, they knew about this court case. They knew yeah. about all this. They w- they didn't tell these employees. What? They didn't tell them. What at the one what? Point, that at, is not fair. Now, at one point, they did start to get worried that their, the girls and women who worked for them would get sick too. And they didn't want to get sued. So they switched from the brushes to these sort of um, glass pens that you could use instead of the brushes. And then that way you didn't have to dip it because you didn't have to point it, right? If it wasn't a bunch of fibers, if it's just a tip, then you can just dip it in the paint and keep painting. So you don't need to stick it in your mouth. Good. So they gave everybody these glass pens to use instead. But here was the problem. The way that you got paid by then was by how many you did during your shift. So you'd show up at whatever time in the morning. You'd stay until whatever time in the evening. And the number of watches you got done in that time period was how much you got paid. You got paid about a penny and a half a watch. Not a lot. Yeah, so... Very low wages. So you would most... So at the most, you would make about a dollar. Probably. If they were really efficient, they could make two, two and a half dollars even. Yeah, that's that's like the most anybody could make. But the problem is it took longer to work with the glass pen than it did with the brush. Mm-hmm. So do you know what they did? What? They voluntarily went back to using the brushes so that they could keep making money because they needed to make money so but that they could, you know, eat. either way, it's bad. Either way, it's they bad. St- Why? They still didn't because they still didn't know. Ugh. I know. I know. So anyway... Finally, in 1928, the Radium Girls would win their case in New Jersey. In Illinois, eventually they found out about this. The women who Big worked thing. there also sued. It would it would be 1939, so 11 years later before their suit would finally settle and they or they would finally win and they would be compensated. 11 years. Mm-hmm. That's older than me. I'm 7. I know it took that long in court battles. That is so crazy. Mm-hmm. And especially, like you said, when it was so obvious that they were doing the wrong thing. So obvious. Mm-hmm. 
Um, to this day, we don't, we'll never know exactly how many people got sick and how many people died of radiation exposure. Because the thing with radiation exposure is it doesn't always immediately hurt you. Some things like cancer or that, that thing that Marie Curie got, aplastic anemia, those can take a really long time to develop. And so you don't know how sick you got from it until later. And that makes it really hard to figure out, you know. How many? How many people got sick. Ooh. So we don't know exactly. Um, I'm, we I'm know, guessing about 50-something mm, probably. There were over 50 people that got sick we know of. There were over a dozen people who died that we know of. But that's that's an underestimate. There were definitely a lot more than that. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. A lot more, more. In your video, did they tell you what we learned from this? Do not eat radium. <laughs> well, that, that is an important lesson. <laughs> Do not eat radium. You know, somebody asked me that question on our on an episode we did a few weeks back. If you can eat a radioactive rock. Can you? No. My answer was no. <laughs> Do not eat the radioactive rock. Do not eat radioactive anything. That is true. Don't Except, eat anything radioactive. like, if it's Radioactive-flavored candy, like those really, really sour candies. That aren't really radioactive? Yeah, they're those, just... like, toxic. Oh, okay. What are they called? I know what you're talking about. And they look like they're in a barrel of yeah. nuclear waste. Yeah. Candy's weird sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> really, really weird. Yeah. that And that's not real radiation, we should say. Yeah. That's just candy. No. Yeah, candy just... that is made to look like it? Strange. Do, do kids like to eat things that look like toxic things you're not supposed to eat? No. It's very strange. Unless they're like five or younger. Oh, okay. Then they do. Well, Cooper, if it's Cooper. She'll eat anything, won't yeah. she? She has a death wish. <laughs> I think I think she just has no fear. Oh, yeah. That yeah. Too. Uh, so, first of all, as you said, we understood after that that radium was dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, this was actually, they, they worked with one of the women who worked in and painted the watches to have her breathe out, and they measured levels of radiation in as she was breathing. And they from these different studies, they established what we call the safe limits for occupational standards. So, like, if you work in a hospital, yeah. we have x-ray machines, right? Like you. Yeah, like I do. So people who work down in the radiology area who do all the imaging get exposed to radiation, so we know what the safe levels, like you can get exposed to a little bit throughout your life and it's okay. And so we have now standards set for how much you're allowed to be exposed to in a workplace and things like that. You know okay. that? And they have special vests they have people wear with lead in them to protect them from radiation. Oh, cool. Anytime somebody comes in a room to do an x-ray, I usually like run out the, the door. lead from pens? Yeah. Like that, like pin mm -hmm. lead, lead, which can which can block areas LED? of the body from radiation. Okay, got it. Yeah, LEAD. Why is it spelled like that? Why is anything spelled like it is? Yeah. What do, what do we tell? English is weird. The, that's what we tell you anytime you ask why are certain words spelled some ways, don't we? English is weird. So this was a big or turning point for our understanding about radiation and radium, and this was also a big turning point for workers' rights because. We shouldn't force people to work in dangerous situations just to make enough money to eat, right? Like, yeah. You you, we deserve safe workplaces, don't we? Yeah, and now 
luckily, there are safe workplaces. Hopefully. They're better than they were, generally. Well, Most. better than not they all. were. But not great, but better than they were. And there's still a lot of issues with that. But that's why it's really important to always allow workers to band together and form unions and fight for their rights. Yeah. We'll talk about that more some other time. Okay. Um, so, uh, radium would finally fall out of popularity. Yeah. Because like you had said earlier, it that was in toothpaste was. and everything. Yeah, it was even in water. Water, guys. There Literally, was, water. It, one case that really, at the same time that all this was happening, there was a famous golfer. Who? Named Eben Byers. He was a, he played golf. What? You know the sport golf. Oh yeah, golf. Golf. It's that thing that Pop falls asleep watching sometimes. <laughs> you know. Oh, Pop's my grandpa, by the way. <laughs> uh, so there was this guy named Eben Byers who was a famous golfer, and he hurt his arm, and his doctor prescribed him Radithor, which was water with radium, and so. He thought it really was helpful, so he took tons, tons and tons and tons, drank bottle after bottle of radium, and then his jaw fell off in 1931. Yes. Why do people, why is it always the jaws? It was getting directly exposed because the... Around the, mm -hmm. like, from here. Yeah, that was the site of first exposure, right, was the face, because you're you're drinking it or putting it in your mouth. What if you put it up your nose? Well, then your nose would fall off. Probably. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, that was um, because he was like, you know, a sports person and everybody's paying attention. When that happened, a lot of people were like, stay away from radium. And so now we try to limit radiation. We only use it for very specific things. And we have a lot of control over the doses we use now. Like an x-ray, like for instance, if we are worried that you broke your arm and we want to x-ray your arm, the amount of radiation you get from that is very, very tiny. Yeah, just like a Mm -hmm. Now, there are some that are more like if you get a CAT scan, that's more radiation. And then certainly we... It's more radiation, but not enough to make you like really, really sick. Right, and we something fall off. And we do we we watch those things in workplaces, and we also do still use radiation as a treatment for some cancer. That's right. So that use that we found all those years ago is still valid, but it's but it's very specific for just certain things in certain places. Not too little. Exactly. Just right. Well, Charlie, do you have any more questions before we go here? I think we're about out of time. Any more questions about the radium girls? You don't have to have any questions. I I actually have to more, one more question. What is my name? <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. You're being silly. I'm done. Hey, can I say something, though? Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. This was, no joke, Charlie's idea. Yeah, th- this was literally my idea. I was the one who showed her the video, even. <laughs> Charlie watches uh, on her own. Yeah. Of her own choosing. Very educational YouTube videos. Yeah. That teach her about all kinds of things from history and science and the animal world and all kinds of topics. And this... I watched a Guinness World Record one one time. There was a um, fastest toilet on wheels. <laughs> it was 
the <laughs> what where is the fastest toilet on wheels who won i don't remember <laughs> i didn't know that was the thing oh charlie but you did you watch these great videos and charlie brought this video about the radium girls and said i think this would make a good topic for sawbones and i said you yeah. are right and charlie uh researched this episode i just helped yeah. But uh, thank you. She I think helped me research it a bit. Mm -hmm. She was the one who researched her parts. Mm -hmm. I was the one who researched my parts by watching that video over and over and over but, again. But I'm really proud of you. You did a great job. Thank you. All right, and you can I you can take over the podcast someday when mommy retires okay, from you. podcasting. Let me, let me have it. Oh, Give you're it ready. <laughs> Give it to me now. <laughs> Well, okay, I'm not you. ready yet. I already You're not ready? Own. I already have my own with daddy. <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, you should check out Maximum Fun. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because it's a great, <laughs> that's our podcast network. I said yeah too much. And we love them. Um, and thank you for listening to Sawbones. Daddy usually does the intros and outros, so I'm struggling a little here. Thank you for to the taxpayers. Yeah, thank you to for the our song "Medicines." Taxpayers, yeah, mm -hmm, which is the intro and outro of our program. Yeah, and um, thanks for listening to Sawbones. And once again, this is this was me, Charlie McElroy, and, and I'm, my mom, Sydney McElroy. So, again, and don't forget, don't drill a hole in your head. Fun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.